Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 198. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. Trick. Yes. What are you up to this afternoon? Uh, he's got to get a story from Helleth. Ah. Are we having Trick get a story from Helleth while Hepa goes on a date with Elric? I think that's probably okay. You can go on your date and I'll go on mine. I don't think this is a date. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've met Helleth. I don't know that you get to decide. That's fair. <laughs> All right, who wants to go first? You want to go ahead? Sure. All right, Trick. She's not working, is she? Is she working lunch? Helleth usually begins her shift at dinner time. Oh, okay. But she does come around earlier because she knows that she has a transaction she needs to complete. And she has already provided the ruby ring yep. to Hepa. Hepa took that the previous night for use in combat. Helleth gives you the emerald that is supposed to be delivered to Catchin. All right. Asks for her 150 coins. Oh, we didn't give her that already? I thought uh, we yeah, no, we gave her that already. Okay. It was never said that you did, but if you did, then... We, we give her the money fine. now, then. Okay. And she owes you a story about how she committed this crime. Into the supposedly unbreakable fortress of South Tower. Okay. Well, there's some important key pieces of information. One is that South Tower is connected to the House of Light. Right. Are those buildings almost right next to each other? They are. And if you are inside the House of Light, you can get inside the tower without going outside. I think she mentioned the tunnels before. Yeah, she talked about the designer. Yes. So, it's not a matter of breaking into the tower. It is a matter of breaking into the House of Light, which has lower security than the tower. Hmm. Why would you need to break in? Just get injured with an overnight case. She did it backwards. Nope. I need to channel hello here. Yeah, then they'd know you were there. Yeah, but you'd be too injured to have done anything, clearly. And if they went looking for you? Okay, so you didn't you didn't think of that. Or if they had medical knowledge and could see that you're not really injured. <laughs> yeah, so Helleth has the opinion that Trick is a wannabe criminal, and she will continue to poke holes in any suggestions Trick makes, not right. because I wish to be a jerk as a GM, but because, because Helleth wishes to be a jerk. As, uh, uh, she feels the need to correct gaps in his criminal education. Do you wish to make any sort of role in this whole discussion, or do you wish to just... Do you think I should make a skullduggery role to assess... Okay. Like, like okay, was, would that have made sense? Or, like, what could the tower have... What could they have done differently that could guard against this? Okay. That's about, so or we, streetwise. So, actually. I think streetwise. And you might also want to make a, a vigilance check. Against for deception. I inherited my vigilance from my mother. <laughs> Two reds and a purple. Yeah. The vigilance is a lost cause. But does this count as a social check so I can uh, hit her with clever retort? If you would rather that she make a deception check against you. Oh, yes. 
That makes more sense. Feel free to use the story points. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get hurt with Alric. She succeeds. Yeah. So, you're not going to know for sure, like, if she's fabricated or not. That's the secret, though. Trick doesn't care if it's true. <laughs> like, I don't need to use the story point. I'm not actually going to break in somewhere. Or if I do, I'm not going to remember this anyway. Okay. But you can also make a streetwise check just to, like, kind of assess the whole thing. That's going to be, I think, average is fine. Two successes, two advantages. Okay. With those two advantages, I will tell you that Hella's strength is that she is patient. Hmm. She is methodical. She is an excessive planner. And so Trick will occasionally perhaps mention, like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Well, that wasn't the plan. She's been, like, working... You know, you've heard from Elric that Katchen hasn't been around in, like, three months at least. That's how long she's been planning this job. I see. And she, like, is kicking herself over the fact that she got attacked by Slater's group. She was too hasty. Yeah, she acted on, like, an impulse, like, oh, this is, like, a great opportunity, like, because the captain of the guard is otherwise occupied, I need to seize up. No, that is counter to how she's supposed to proceed. Stick with, the Stick plan. with the plan. She told Katchen it could take months. Trick will ask, however she's telling her story, like, mm-hmm. so what was your plan? If, like, what was the original plan then that you were deviating from? Originally, she was hoping for an opportunity in which Gwedry would be out on a tour of his domain and have more of the guard along with him. Right. His retinue would have had to accompany him. Right. So that the guard presence in the tower would be lower. Right. But even then, it's sounding like excessive caution. She was trying to like wait until like the absolute minimum of guards in the tower to enact her plan, which was perhaps unnecessary. Yeah, of course. The guards that got her. Yeah, of course. They know that they're going to be at their weakest point. They're they're probably going to be paying extra close attention. So I say, you know, two nights ago, you know, last minute change. So. She had the decoys made by providing her jeweler contact with detailed drawings of the rings in question, which she herself produced. Right. So Helleth went into that tower multiple times. Secretly, every time. Secretly. In order to sketch the rings to a good enough degree that the jeweler could replicate them. That's a lot of risks. But as long as the rings weren't being, like, transported anywhere, the only risk involved from Hell's perspective, was being caught where she wasn't supposed to be, and that was no risk at all. So Hell is very confident in her abilities. If Trick asks about yeah, that... Yeah, I think Trick was like, so you were confident that the guard would never catch you, given your precautions and skills. Yes, she was confident that if anybody came upon her, that she would be able to convince them that she was supposed to be there. Oh, well, that's a different matter. Okay. Yes, that makes perfect sense to Trick. As opposed to, like, not getting found in the first place. Right. Just saying, oh, I'm supposed to be here. Yes, that makes perfect sense to trick. And Heleth knew nothing about the ruby ring other than it was adjacent to the emerald ring in the case. The emerald ring was what Ketchin wanted. The emerald ring was the target all along. Does she know how Ketchin knew about this emerald ring? Or she didn't ask? Can you make a roll to... Is this a charm? I think it's charm, right? You're... Yeah. She reads in a purple is her goal. Well, well, well. Success, threat, triumph, despair. <laughs> so maybe it is a date. <laughs> you have a triumph on this, so she is going to give up juicy details. 
Okay. But you also have a despair. She pulls out a knife. But you can't tell anyone. <laughs> well, is there anything that you, any information that you think would be unwise to tell her? Uh, Trick will, like, she gives some juicy detail if I catch it. And I think that triggers something in Trick. And I'm just like, trust her for a second or something. And like, you know, your opinion. Do you think Ketchin is a necromancer? Ah, okay, okay. Okay, and she will take a front at that. Yeah. Okay, so let me tell you what she is saying okay. that leads up to this, because um, she's going to be giving out information on Ketchin. So how did Ketchin know yeah. that the ring was there? So this is when you learn that she had broke into the House of Light on Ketchin's behalf. So there was a period of several weeks in which she was essentially escorting Kachin into the House of Light at night. That had to be miserable. Because there was a book there that was he, he needed reading access a couple to. pages at night? Yes. Oh, man. So they would break in because he, they didn't want to take the book out. Right. So she's had, she's had a lot of experience breaking into the House of Light. Yes. So there was a book there, and he was able to... To study it, like, page by page. And in addition to, like, that book, he also went through, like, Race's desk and stuff while they were there. And, like, Heleth is telling this, you know, like, Heleth was, like, always the one to make sure, like, everything got put back exactly in the same place as possible. So it wasn't like, oh, Katchen's rifling through this desk. It's more like, we open the desk. And, like, Katchen looks at something, Heleth carefully picks it up. He looks at something. This is why this took, like... You know, like a month or whatever. I think I know where he got the mushrooms from, probably. With the, the dabbering cap, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in going through Race's stuff, that's how he learned that Lady Sabine had the Ring of Grita. Okay. What is she called? It's named after some mage Grita. And that one's the Emerald? Yes. Trick does not remember what the Emerald one does. I don't think he knows. Yeah, the ring's name is Grita. The book's name was Riss. All these things seem to be named after somebody. Or H-Y-S. Reese? I think Reese. The map was called HEPA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody could understand it. <laughs> huh. That's weird. So, yeah. So he, he saw in Race's notes that Lady Sabine had the Ring of Grita and, and something about it seemed like it, it could be able to help him. And so that was when we made the plan that I would get the decoy made and I would exchange them. And he gave me the anklet to help it happen. Gave you the anklet? She takes off her boot. This is why she was not weirded out by having putting a ring on her toe. She's got an anklet. Well, that's different. And this is what it does. She, like, stomps her heel into the ground. You briefly met Raysa. Yeah. Raysa is now standing before you. I feel like I should have a cool check or <laughs> <Yes>. something. <laughs> Make a cool check. I think this is hard. Yeah. It's completely unexpected. Success with two threats. So, like, one, Trick doesn't know Raysa that. Didn't really no, talk like, you, you just, all. like, saw her in passing. Yeah. So, but he keeps his cool, and there's just this racist there. Is Heleth not there? It's, like, her visage is... Yes. And, and like, clothes and everything. There's the moment of panic where one's heart starts racing. Uh, but this is... <laughs> this is cool. Well, that's unexpected. And she, like, stomps her foot again, and it's Heleth. And then she's kind of like... Whew, and she, like, sits down. Takes, takes a bit out of you. Hmm. Well, what that tells you is that this is Hella's true form, because otherwise she could just look like anybody all the time. Yeah, I guess Trick probably would ask, like, does it only do Reza? Yes. Huh. That's weird. And, like, Ketchin helped you set this up or something. Ketchin made it. He made that? 
Huh. He did not strike me as like an artificer, but you know he was interested in part of that like necromancy rod. And like then Trickwell like, so does he seem like a necromancer to you? <laughs> it's just you and me here. What do you think? Yeah. And Hella's like, he's gotten that from people for years. Like I thought you guys were his friends. He said it was okay to have Hepha deliver the ring to him. Like, are you guys just gonna like turn him into somebody? Like, Whoa. what is this about? Chill, take it easy, okay? I was asking about the man's magical inclinations. I understand your question. Look, this date's not going so well now. <laughs> yeah, that's because it's not a date. <laughs> Hepa and I are looking for ways to turn necromantic artifacts defensively. Like, is that what he's into? Like. One, I don't really trust that the dwarves, they claim that, yeah, he is. That's baloney. But there totally was a ghost after he left in the ruin that we stayed in. It could have just been there. It could have been. You know, once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, and, and three is, I don't know, a wizarding conspiracy. And what's your three? That's why I was asking you if there was, like, a third. And then we'd have thrice conspiracy. And then we'd say, okay, that's interesting, but it sounds like we don't. If you'd like, I can make a charm check so, try to smooth things over. Yeah, it was your despair that got her all yeah, um, that's, persnickety that's right. here. So you can have one charm check as an attempt to back out of this. Yeah. Because maybe you have forgot I'm upgrading the difficulty yeah, as well. That's fair. That necromancy is punishable by death in human circles. We don't know what happens in elvish circles because <laughs> no, elves can't do it. <laughs> that is a failure with one advantage and another despair. This is not going well at all. Uh, no. Do you not get it? Do you not understand that talk like that could get him executed and none of this is his fault? That is correct. <laughs> I'm an elf. I live in the woods. You elves have no clue. Look, you can't be banding these accusations, these baseless accusations around. Yeah, I think it's like, Trick is not flippant, but clearly not taking it seriously enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the despair gets, goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I just wanted to know if the guy was... Rooting around in undead things. Why? So you could turn him in for, for some some reward? Because again, like yeah, everything has a price yeah. in her mind. Like to who? For what? Like trick triggers is like clueless about. I don't know what we would do. If what we to the uh, to the Saurian? Yeah, I guess she was interested in eating him or something. But no, we didn't do that. See, we already had the opportunity to turn him in once, and we didn't. In fact, I traded a hawk of ham for his life. Ask him about it yeah, yeah, you have threats and you have despair. Yeah, and, I have an and, advantage and on this, but yes. Your flippancy is like making yes. her concerned for the life of someone she considers a friend. Right. Slash client. <laughs> <laughs> Always dangerous to miss his business and pleasure. Look, I thought it was fair to ask. I see that it's not. I'm sorry. Even just asking questions like that about somebody can ruin their life. Well, okay. I, I know. I won't, I won't ask anymore. Yeesh. Ah, <laughs> uh, trying to think of any other. Might need to end it there unless you can think of something. Yeah, no, I'm sort of trying to lie to her about something, but. I think we, I need to make an ointment for Catchin that's like undead be gone because it seems like he's got a problem. Yeah. Maybe he's like cursed and like undead are following him. Trick is like trying to come up with a ridiculous story about it now. Did he have like a tragic youth? Probably, because otherwise he wouldn't be living alone in the hills for several months. Do you wish to verse? I'm debating that. It's like, it feels wrong, but... But you are attempting to construct, like, a story. 
And yeah. if you want that story to sway how she feels... I think then, yes. Unless you know somebody that owes you a favor. Which I don't know how you would use that. Yeah, it, it is Swain Hatchfields. And I think Trick will, like, he'll, he'll pose the question, like, I wonder if he's cursed. I bet he actually is cursed. Like, it's, it's not his fault, but he's being, he's haunted, quite literally. Probably wasn't, probably wasn't even anything he did. He's a pretty young guy. It's probably some sort of family curse that he has to somehow overcome. And I bet he's the last of his family. Poor guy. So there's something he has to do or find or learn to overcome this curse of ghosts that haunt him, the zombies that chase things in his wake, wherever he goes. And, you know, and all the prejudice he really faces from horrible people like me. So we, we got to rally around and help him, you know, complete his quest to lift this curse. There's a fun thing I know about a curse. If you wish to have a curse reversed. You need some special mushrooms first? Yes. What are you attempting to do? Because you can use, you can like curse to lower one of her stats so that you can make a check against her. Yeah. Okay. I feel like this is a curse then. Okay. And this is going to be like a deception check for telling a ridiculous story. That may be true for all we know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so you're making a verse check. Yes, first the verse. And then you are going to make another check. So a curse's default is two purples. Yes, but she's probably got an adversary or something. Helleth does not have adversary. Oh, but GM has story points. I do have story points, so I will spend one. And you are going to be lowering one of her stats, which I don't really understand how deception is what you will be doing. Then do you think this is just charm? Or rather, it will be charm? I think it will be charm, in okay. which case you would be wanting to affect her presence. Yes. Okay. But I'm getting her to lower her guard by spinning a sob story about catching. Well, here's the thing. This is a failure. I will pay my strain. I have two advantages. If you had other strain lost, you can regain them with the two. I do. Or you can use the advantages as a blue die or whatever. Let's use the advantages as a blue die instead. And I have a triumph. Is Helleth a sucker for a sad story? I mean... Or like, that all makes sense. You can use that as an upgrade on your charm check. Yes. And the narrative explanation for that will be that she thinks what you're... Yes, like what you're saying is making sense to her. And you're offering maybe an alternative which says you're open-minded to... I feel like she wants that to be true because... Even if she, like, doesn't want to judge people for being a necro- necromancer, like, probably she still feels a sense of unease about it. Uh, and I'm spending a story point okay. here. And this is your last attempt. The last attempt. To salvage. I don't think May can help me on this. She doesn't particularly like birds. Let's not have another despair. Do you pull through at the end here? I do pull through at the end. Two successes and one advantage. Get some strain back as I am loaded up on strain. Okay. You <laughs> spun out this whole sob story. And Helleth... Oh, that poor, poor man. Helleth is like, that That would make sense. That would, that would explain a whole... Trixie, <laughs> so you're like, things. that makes sense? Really? <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you because, know, I mean, he's kicked out of school and like... Yes, yes, more juicy details. <laughs> no, we pretty much already knew that Alduin um, didn't trust him. At this point, you've, like, patched things up, and she's like, you know, everything that you're saying there, that all makes sense. And now she's kind of like, so don't you see why it's dangerous for you to be 
making accusations because other people just won't understand. I think I'm starting to see what you're saying. They'll jump to these erroneous conclusions when it's really not his fault and he's actually trying to stop it from happening. You know, he knows and that's why he lives like a hermit in the hills. You know, he wouldn't even go out during the day when he was here. That was probably like to keep people safe from these things showing up. Did you ever notice any weird things happen around, I don't know, a door closing suddenly or something seems misplaced that you didn't know, you didn't misplace it? All right, I'm going to end the, <laughs> the psychic scene. Yes, but I'll, I'll take this and I'll trust it to Hepa since she understands these things way more than I do anyway. Okay. We'll, we'll take care of this. We'll make sure it gets to him. We should see him in uh, a couple of months. <laughs> Cursed? No, we can't let him in the village. If he was a necromancer, yeah, but no, he's not a cursed person. <laughs> you know, I tell her not to spend all her gold in one place. I'm just trying to think, does she have a snide, like, comment back about how you have absolutely no say in how uh, she dispenses her gold? That's entirely her prerogative. No, it's just, it's, it's an elvish saying. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, across town, in a less contentious environment. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, so you guys head off into town together. Is he going to tell me now? Are you going to tell me where we're going? He is taking you through the streets in the general direction of the river. Okay. And he tells you that he's taking you to the distiller's quarter. Okay. Since you have such a keen interest in uh, all these human beverages... He thought you might be interested in seeing how some of them are made. <laughs> She's like, she perks up, yeah. And, and harassing a few distillers about their process. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, he is taking you to like tasting rooms, uh-huh. right? So like you go to like this first location. The people there clearly know him. So he's taking you to essentially providers of the various alcohols and other liquors that he stocks the bar with. The first place he takes you into, he takes you up to the counter there, and they greet him, and he's like, we're needing to restock our Applejack supply, but Happy here has never had any before, so I'm relying on her opinion as to like which of your particular things is the most appealing. <laughs> this is going to be... Her resilience probably isn't going to outlast this. <laughs> I mean, she does have the magic she can... That's true. You can remove a condition. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to like be opening several different like Applejacks for you and Elric to sample. And as they're doing that, they will describe the process to you of how Applejack is produced. You will also note you've entered this establishment and there's two kind of hangings on the wall that have an official type seal with a little red triangle attached to it. The excise has been paid. This place is certified for like two vats of Applejack. And that's like, what it says is two vats? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if there's writing, I'll go look. Because, yes. you know, you don't see writing in a lot of places. So there's not very many words on it, but it's the seal, and it's like each one of them says approved, one vat. And they have two of those things hanging there. Okay. So then, I guess in true HEPA non-sequitur style, how big is a vat? <laughs> they will show you. Like, okay. The vats and they'll describe their process. Applejack, they start with hard cider, so apple juice that has fermented, and then they separate out the water by a freezing process. So this particular place right now, it being spring, they're not producing anything new, 
but the winters get cold enough and they can take advantage of the ice from the river and things like that. So do they have like an underground like cold room or something to help? I mean, where are they generating ice? They do a process involving probably like salt or something so that they can get like even colder ice than just pure water. And they freeze the liquid and the water part separates out of the cider first. And so then they remove that ice and what's left behind is more alcohol because the alcohol doesn't freeze as easily. So they're using the ice kind of to skim the water off. Yes. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I was com- like, I'm basically like, uh-huh, uh-huh. As compared to when you were at Marvin and Connie's still, they were using evaporation to remove water. These guys are using freezing to remove yeah, water. Yeah, so she might even say, so that is different from the evaporation is not your preferred? Uh, and they're like, no, 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 no. That's, that's no way to produce Applejack. What's the cons for that? Yeah, but I mean, we yeah. can roleplay as much as you want, but she'll ask. Because now she's impure, got... doesn't scale well. Yes, so it's it's it a matter damages of the inferior taste. Yeah, part of it's a matter of which alcohols do you lose, what volume of water remains, things like that. So over the course of the afternoon, you will go to a few places like this. Some of them are distilleries in the sense that they boil things off. Some are like this Applejack place here; they freeze things off. Another place that Alric takes you is where they make infusions. So that's more like an herbalist who like selects which herbs are going to be... More like a tincture or whatever. Yeah, that? like okay. what's going to be sitting in this vodka for three months before we do this. Another place that you go to, they produce milk punch. And that's one where you have hot milk and you pour the spirit into it and it curdles the milk. Mm-hmm. And then the curds capture the impurities. Then that's how they skim. The yeah. Milk. So okay. like you watch them pour in something that's like dark red wine. And then they show you like, oh, this is the thing like that we already made earlier. And it's like the palest blush pink. Okay. So the alchemy of bartending. Yeah. She will totally ask as many like different questions like that. Like how does that compare to whatever, whatever. She hates this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Alric's like, wow, we're not even talking. (laughs) No, like, in each place you go into, like, the people know Alric, like, you're getting access to, like, their workings, like, because they already have a business relationship with him. Yeah, so I'm getting his friendliness, and I, yeah. And, like, the -the behind-the-scenes type tours. But you and Alric are both going to need resilience checks because you are actually tasting things in all of these locations. You didn't pay attention and listen. You're supposed to spit it out when you're done. <laughs> Why would you do that? So we're just going to set this at average. To start. <laughs> no, we're just going to cover all of all of the tastings. Gabby's got his yellow dice over there. He's a bartender. <laughs> I know. It's just funny because all I have is the two green ones. Not only is he a bartender, he also, like, puts poison on knives. <laughs> yes, he's got resilience. <laughs> oh, one thread. So you take a strain. Yeah. But you also are tipsy, if that informs how you choose to do things. Okay. Should I try to remove that? Because she wants to know so much more, but does she realize if she's tipsy that she's not going to get the information? I mean, you can cast this spell, and we will apply a black dye to your casting because you are tipsy. Yeah, I think she will because, you know, her hunger for knowledge, she doesn't want to get in the way. So, yeah, I'm going to try because I know I've done it before. It is a primal check. You're removing a condition, which is two purples. 
And then did you say black die for... You have a black die because you are tipsy. Do I want to try to upgrade? I don't you know. have one story point available. No, I don't know that I need to. I will upgrade the difficulty oh. though. Uh-oh. Then I probably need to, but I'm not going to. I might need to save them for whatever nonsense I'm going to get into while I'm drunk. Failed with a triumph and a threat. So it costs strain. You have a threat, which can either be a wound or two more strain. With healing, maybe I take a wound. Okay. Do you have any ideas on this triumph? But I failed with the healing, so then unless I can do something, heal something else on myself, but that would be... You can't heal the injury you just caused yourself. I'm actually pretty injured from falling out of the tree still. Oh, you are. I forgot about that until just now. When I put it down, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of injured. I probably should have went to see Damal. So you certainly would have healed one hit point overnight. Okay, yeah. Oh, do I count as being under my own care? No, because I didn't. You didn't treat yourself. You never did a medicine check on yourself. Oh, yeah, I probably should have done that. So you can use that triumph to heal another... So you misdirect the energy. Yeah, and I just healed myself. But I'm still drunk, so I giggle. <laughs> yeah, and you're not, like, smashed. You're yeah, just yeah. tipsy. Well, then maybe I'm just a little bit happier, and I giggle a little bit. Okay. So, yeah, so you go to, like, three locations. And each location you go to, like, you see, like, they have, like, the X size approved for this size vat or whatever. I'm going to ask Galric, does that have to do with the taxes? Yeah. He tells you that... Each of these places gets taxed based on the volume of alcohol they can produce. Okay, so per vat, that's how yes. much they can produce. Huh. This is fun. So, <laughs> the one place you go to is the Applejack place. Uh-huh. The other place you go to is the Tincture place. And the third place you go to is where Mountain Tay is produced. Isn't is... that the stuff that Connie and Marvin make? Yes. So, this is the place that essentially distributes it and claims that it is all produced here. Okay. So they are licensed for two vats, but this is like essentially Connie and Marvin have secret vats like off in the hills right. that are not getting taxed. But they're but these guys are getting taxed. These guys are getting taxed, but they are also getting the income from Connie and Marvin's extra bottles that they are selling. Right. They're selling twice as much as they're paying tax on. Yes, that's the oh because if they can produce more of it, yeah. I don't know. I have to I'll have to look and see because Connie and Marvin's outfit didn't seem that big. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's downsides to producing way out in the middle of nowhere. But you also don't know how many other Connies and Marvins are out there. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, just to tie everything all back together, you were gaining some knowledge here about, like, what exactly they were evading. Right. So, I think she might be curious about the process there, and if they tell her the same thing as what Connie and Marvin do. No, they insist that they make all their amount to you right here. Well, no, I don't think she's going to ask that, but she's kind of curious if they know the process, I think. Ah, yeah. yes. They do have an actual distillery. Right. It is better assembled and maintained than the one out in the wilds. Right. But it is the same principle. I think she might be a little bit amused, but she's maybe a little giggly because this seems kind of funny to her, I think. Ah, uh, the humans in your taxes. <laughs> She's not quite sure she understands the economics of what they're trying to do or how they're like how it's all working, but Alec has noticed that you are indeed tipsy at this point and asks if you would maybe like to get something to eat. Oh yes, that would be lovely. So you go to a place to eat that is not his bar. He's like, well, it's so nice to get a change because I only eat it for a couple of days. <laughs> so you will get food from like a street food vendor. Uh huh. So that you guys will continue to walk around outside rather than like sit down and eat somewhere. Okay. 
is not rat on a stick, however, <laughs> however uh, convenient that would be, or ironic it would be. But it's some sort of like sandwichy type bread and meat concoction. Yeah, I mean, Heppa will ask about it. Is this your favorite thing? It is a convenient thing. Oh. Let's see. What is Alaric's favorite food? Because um, if he doesn't say, she's going to ask. Right, right. Probably something that can get Weldon. He's a sweet tooth. We didn't know. No, there's like a there's like a particular like spice blend. Like his mom used to make a rice dish, and like Damal's is is somewhat similar. It has like a particular blend of spices that you don't often find in Westnoff dishes. Like all these spices like exist in people's cabinets and stuff like that, but the combination of them is like a Dune folk flavor. So that's something that sometimes he can get Damal to make for him. Alec is not that much of a cook himself. He is better with the liquids than he is with the solids. So that would be his favorite food, but he can only persuade them all to make it every now and then. You have to get him in a good mood. Yeah, which is not very common. Somehow that doesn't surprise Hubba. <laughs> so you guys will take your little sandwichy things and you can like walk along the river Weldon. So there's like docks and stuff here, but then there's also just kind of like paths and stuff and um collapsed banners yeah you know i'm gonna collapse banner so do you have anything in particular that you wish to talk with alaric about i think she might ask about the parting glass and i think the way she's gonna ask how did he end up there because she knows he owns it or she thinks he owns it but she doesn't know how at all like okay if he built it with his own one hand or, you know, or whatever. So that's kind of the one thing. The other thing she'll probably want to ask is if she's asking too many questions, because you know she's going to ask a lot of questions. And at some point she might be like, am I asking too many questions? Yeah. She may ask follow-up questions, because at this point she kind of just wants to get to know him. Uh-huh. So that would be some of the stuff I'm asking about. Okay. So he will tell you that when he first came to South Tower... He was kind of at loose ends. He stayed with Damal for a while, but he'd already like failed at being an apothecary apprentice as a child, and like that was not gonna work a second time. Oh, how did he? Fa- why did he fail? He didn't apply himself, or? Well, that's what Damal would tell you. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't really good at focusing on things like that. I mean, I remember stuff. And, I mean, I would insist to Jamal that I do apply some of my learning in my current job just to make things that taste good rather than things that are disgusting. Also poison. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's just a different property. There's not so much difference between being a bartender and an apothecary, right? Well, your potions just do different things. Yeah, so... That didn't really work out, but Damal was glad to have somebody to deal with the Falcons instead of himself. But like I told you, that's not really a a full-time gig. So I started working at the Parting Glass. This was when Mabel and her wife were running it, and I just started with like basic stuff, you know, serving tables, cleaning up, all those sorts of things. They were happy to have somebody young around to drag heavy chairs up staircases. But over time, like, I started taking on more responsibility there and things like that. And so about five years or so ago, Mabel's wife died, and Mabel was not interested in continuing to, like, operate a business all on her own. 
So at that point, I had saved up enough that I kind of like bought in as a partner. And it was less than a year later before Mabel was like, she'd had enough of it. It's long days. It's a lot of work. And, you know, they'd saved up enough over the years that she felt she's happy to stop in now and then and to help out when I need someone to cover me or a day off or something like that. But, um, but yeah, so that's how I became owner of the business. So everybody is welcome. Did that come from Mabel or is that something you brought? Well, when Cherie and Mabel were running the place, they wanted to make sure that there was an establishment in town that like, if you got kicked out of anywhere else, like you still had one place left, you could go. And so that's definitely a spirit that I have tried to maintain there. But also, it hit close to home. I mean, after the war, there was a lot of refugees in Weldon. And when the war was over, they they didn't all go back to their fields. The city was still full of displaced people for a very long time, and that included my family and me. And there was a lot of contention. People who lived in Weldon their whole lives were like, these people need to get out of here. Like, they're dragging everything down. And... Meanwhile, those who were displaced by the war were just trying to live their lives. So I probably got into more trouble as a child than I would have if I hadn't felt so unwanted. And I know it was hard for my mother because she was dealing with that herself, but also dealing with a kid who was getting into far too much trouble. So so it's something that I tried to continue to provide here. Um, yeah. Is your mother still in Weldon? She is. She continues to operate the Falcons out of there, the few that she has. And um, after I really screwed up, it was not wise for me to stay. My dad was not very happy and um, was just going to make things more difficult. So that's when she uh, hacked me off to Uncle Damal. Looks like they got a fresh prince. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to like write the rap for that. I got, I gotta work on that. <laughs> uncles seem to get involved a lot. They do. That's really the theme of this campaign, uncles. <laughs> so when I got here, um, I brought Adarin with me. My mother had entrusted Adarin to me during the beginning of my recuperation, and once I was well enough to travel, and Adarin was big enough to to come along. Could she fly then? Yeah, yeah, she was able to, to fly along. That's when I came back. I mean, Damal had been in Weldon when I was very young, and when they had tried to apprentice me to him, but he had left Weldon and moved back here. I think since this was a new town building up for the first time, there wasn't as much... Everybody was kind of homesteaders, instead of it being like a bunch of people moving in who had no business being there, according to some. There's so, a lot of movement in, across Elden. Is there a lot of movement? I'm assuming there's not a lot of movement across the, all the villages. Elves tend to be very tied to their forests. There's like stories of like the great adventurer elves, but those are not typical. Yeah, but not like they move somewhere else. Kalens <laughs> did live in multiple forests over the course of but his that's, life. But that's Kalens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Refugees is not a common thing that in, in our culture at all, probably. But what was he going to say? He was going to ask about your career. Like, are you... Oh, wrong question, pal. Are you a mage? 
is that just is that a thing you do or is it seems like you are here well why are you here i mean trick is here was here looking for his mom and you just came along for moral support let me think about how she would explain this well i haven't really chosen a career but mother wishes that i had chosen a career and she has i think some disappointment about how i haven't settled down and chosen a path well, how much do you know about Elvish society? <laughs> Not very much. I mean, I've met a few elves now and then as they've passed through here or, or Weldon. And I know what I've heard in stories from other people who have met elves or who have gone to school. But um, you're certainly the elf that I've spent the most time with. Well, um, so usually by now you've kind of chosen a path. I haven't. I don't know. There's just so many different things to learn. I don't want to really commit to one career. Mother, I think, wants me to be a sorceress like she is, unlike my sister. But you're not? No, I'm not. So. But you heal things and hold a building together. Well, I know a little magic, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's other magic tracks that I could go down. A druid track would be more of the healing track. So it's just to be more of what I did with the building, I think. Depends on the... Elves don't often have to hold buildings together. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, that's what I was going to say. So it doesn't usually come up, but it's more of a protective as opposed to the healing of the druid. So, no, I don't have a career. Da- so, Daddy... I'm a trust fund kid. Yeah, so, Daddy, I don't know that he cares so much. If I pick a career right away, he's kind of a dabbler himself. So, he... Sent Trick and I. I'm sure on this quest, he said he was looking for specific artifacts to study. But I think he was just trying to help buffer me from Mother and her disappointment. So we're really supposed to be looking for some artifacts to help him with his studies. And I'm not exactly sure why we're here. Oh. <laughs> I think it's because of Trick's mother. <laughs> oh, there was a delivery for you this morning. You you left without me seeing you. When we get back to the inn, I have to make sure you get it. Oh, was it from uh, the Lady Sabine? Yes, yes. Your mention of the artifacts reminded me that, that they delivered a package for you this morning. Oh, yes. She was very nice. She was mostly interested in artifacts, though. I could I could tell. But, yeah, so she has something to send. I guess she wanted to send to Daddy for him to study, and maybe they could have some sort of a research agreement. I don't know what sort of things these, these things are for diplomacy. But that's why we're here. But I think we came here specifically because of Trick's mother. But then we heard about the festival, and I'll be honest, I was very curious about humans and the different varieties. We met some farmers on the way in, and honestly, when we first started to come over here, I was very fascinated by the aging process of humans. So I was able to learn some things about that. That seems such a very specific thing to be interested in. So we met some people on the way, and they mentioned that as humans age, their teeth fall out and their hair turns gray. That is not what happens with elves. And I didn't believe them at first, and so I wanted to see for myself. So what are you finding? Are humans so very different from elves? Aside from the whole teeth and hair thing? Well... (laughs) 
I'm fine. I am finding a little bit hard to tell different ages. I think I might be getting the hang of it, but there, there are some things I'm noticing that are different. I had never seen a parade of carts covered in flowers, for example. So there's some cultural differences, I think, but I don't know. Do you think humans and elves are compatible? Well, let me think about how, how, how Hepa thinks the question is asked. Look, we already have evidence they are. <laughs> yeah, that relationship worked out real well. Yeah, you know well. She might... What do you, how do you mean? I mean, diplomacy... The diplomatic relations seemed a little strained, from what I can tell. Do you think that matters on a more personal level? As far as I can tell, it depends on the person. What do you think? You've been around humans much longer than I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody is a person, and to be evaluated on their own standing regardless of what culture they come from. I think there's merits to that. I'll be sorry to see you go tomorrow. I'll be sorry to leave. There were a lot of people in the bar the night Helleth vanished, but you're the only one who saw me as anything other than a service provider. That's something special, Hepa, and that's not something I encounter often. So thank you for your help. You're welcome. It was a very fun experience. Health never describes it that way. <laughs> she has many choice words about her job, but that is not one of them. I had never seen so many dirty dishes, I'll be honest. I have something for you. What is it? It's at the malls. Are you going there? <laughs> he like, kind of like looks at the sun. I guess it's probably too late today for you to go there. I was thinking of going tomorrow. And Tri- I know Trick wants to leave. There's a set of starter materials for continuing on the line of work that Demal does that you seem to have a knack for already. Alchemy? Alchemy, apothecary, brewing, whatever term you want to call it. My old apprentice kit is there, and clearly I have no need for it, but I think it would suit you well. Thank you. That sounds wonderful. She's going to give him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> so hopefully it finds more use in your hands than it ever did in mine. What did you do with it? Oh my goodness. Made horrible smelling things on purpose. You guys are starting now to walk back to the parting class, and he like regales you with like you know horrible things that seven-year-old Alric did because he was given things to concoct. Right. Do you know if you mix blankety-blank and such and such? The stink bomb? <laughs> yeah. All the things that, like, Damal ever told him not to mix together, he mixed together. To be <laughs> like, not. well, why not? <laughs> so you'll pick that up from Damal tomorrow? Yeah. At this point, it's, like, dinner hour, etc. Trick, are you performing tonight? Yes, he is. Final, final show? This is not a story about Master Edward, though. Ooh. No, this is different. Trick will introduce it as, like, now this is not a darker story, but a story from a darker time. I know many of you... Fine veterans help cleanse this land. A lot of the dark things happen there, but maybe some of you have heard the tale. Maybe some of you saw saw it yourself. There uh, was a skeleton that Mal Ravenel could not control. They called her Madame Bones. And she danced. And she would dance. She could drum her chest. <laughs> there was nothing the necromancer could do. or I guess it was a lich. Whatever. Matrix is necromancer. <laughs> the details don't matter. Nothing this necromancer could do to tame Madame Bones. She danced and not fiddled, I guess, but <laughs> drummed her way 
all across the bitter swamp. Played her ribs. Played her ribs. <laughs> Some say she could get other skeletons to follow her, but we all know that's just silly. I like how Chick is developing a southern accent. Like a, <laughs> when he's telling the story. Like a twang, at least. Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, would that have, it has to be Louisiana style for yes. Madame Bones, right? In my mind, she's a blues singer. A little bit of voodoo. Little bluegrass. So that's all. Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so what did Madame Bones do other than dance and drum? Or is that just like... Sorry, I'm asking, like, what's yeah. the thesis of this story? <laughs> the thesis of the story. This is not a story with a purpose, to be okay. clear. Okay, this uh, is a list of amusing things. Uh, yes, Madam Bones, you know, most skeletons, like you and I, got two arms, two legs, one spine. Madam Bones, sometimes she had three legs, no arms. Madam Bones, sometimes, some say she had two heads. I don't think that's true. She's not one of those four-armed skeletons, is she? Oh, No. But that's a good game. Like, maybe some say she was herself a lich. <laughs> and that's why she could not be controlled. But you look at her, just a skeleton. You try to fight with her, you could hack off every limb. She'd just be a spine, hopping around, always get away. But she never cause you, never cause any trouble to the living. Just always a thorn in the side of Mal Ravenal. The skeleton he could not control. Can you make a charm check? Sure. Three purples. And I'm going to upgrade. This is your final night performance here. So there's added pressure. Okay, you know, talking about necromancy, which I think Trick maybe <laughs> finally gets the lesson, and this is inappropriate. <laughs> did you roll a despair? I did. It is a success. So people are, like, entertained and stuff, but there's also, like, like nervous laughter, kind of. Like, we yeah. shouldn't be finding this funny, but we are. Like, Trick did not personally experience any of this. For him, it is an amusing story. For a lot of people, it probably brings back. Yeah, and really like, uncomfortable memories. this a skeleton that never did anybody any harm? Yeah, mm, unlikely. Nobody approaches you to buy you drinks afterwards? Yeah, that's probably for the best. So you're not earning any money tonight? You did entertain the people? like People will remember it, like, yeah, like, yeah, it's interesting stories, and a weird one. So I think that's how we'll, we'll swing like that, that despair. That's, like, that's uh, I had a lot of despair time. Health gives him a stink eye. Well, yeah, you're bringing up skeletons right after she talked with you about <laughs> catching not being a necromancer. And once heavy. again, you're indicating you have no idea about the gravity of the situation, because you don't. Yep. <laughs> Look at me, I'm just an elf. I don't understand your ways. Safe in our forest. So, afterwards, you get down. Nobody's buying you drinks, but you go up to the counter to get something from Mabel because you're thirsty. Yep. Like, there's crowds and stuff, and they move away. And then the person next to you says, Now why would you be telling the story like that, Laddie? I thought people could use a little bit of levity about dark times. You look down at the person at the bar next to you. Yep. And it is Glamour. <sighs> Have you learned nothing? I try not to. Might want to work on that. What kind of story would you tell to raise people's spirits about? About raising people? Well, that's a good one. <laughs> you gotta start with the puns, you see. You got me there. <laughs> you got me there. I know, I thought it would be different to hear a, you know, a more upbeat story about a dark time, but maybe it's a little too too soon for that. For that. People like you and me, we can wait another 50 or so years. Maybe then the story will play. No one will be left here who remembers. I suppose. What, uh, what brings you to town? What brings me to town? Well, I'm... Done playing... You're done being? You're, you've been undone being? 
That wouldn't be good. <laughs> All right, you're doing better there. <laughs> oh, we got ourselves a pun duel. <laughs> I've finished tipping the hat to both sides, and your folks are talking with the other folks. So. Well, that's that's better than usual. So. So I figured I'd come back here for I don't know a month or so. That's if the house is free to play again. I'm. I think we're headed out tomorrow. So. But I, you know, I wouldn't look at scants if we were both here at the same time telling stories. Now that would be, that would be a sight. You see an elf telling a story and a dwarf telling a story. There'd be some sort of story duel. That itself would be a story, and that's the most important tale of all. And then we have the human audience, so that we've got the three races combined in some sort of alliance for for telling this later. <laughs> uh, you just stole that from my story by the Grand Alliance. <laughs> Get your own Grand Alliance <laughs> of Saurians and. Nagas and trolls or something. <laughs> but you missed the festival then. Wouldn't say I missed it exactly. Interesting way of phrasing it. You seen one, you seen them all. Uh, I said tricking it's like a streetwise strategy, or maybe a deception of like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Not, I'm totally ignorant of this. What do you feel this is? Or this a cool is check? Cool. Yeah. This is nonchalance. How difficult is this? What is their vigilance? I guess. Glimmer is highly vigilant. This is why you're rolling all these despairs, because yeah. you keep picking all these... Yeah, picking Will, the fights. Will is Glimmer's best stat. Jeez. Oh, Let me try to deceive Helleth. Let me try oh, to... How bad is the situation? Two reds, two purples. Ah, uh, but now, I fail triumphantly with a threat. Okay. I don't remember what I said. You were pretending that you were like, oh, yes, yes. Yes, the festival. You've seen one, you've seen them all. Like the but winter like... festival. But also, like... What are you hiding? That it was cool? That it was interesting? Like... Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think how this is becomes a triumph. But you haven't seen a bunch of them? Well, you can oh. be building rapport slash getting information from Glamour. Yeah. But the question is how your how letting, lack of coolness entices information from them. I think Glamour finds it amusing. Since probably... Glamour probably, like, realizes, like, oh, these two L's, like, they're not actually that old. Like, they haven't been around that long. They literally don't know. Right. So, you know, so, you know my bardic duty to okay. make sure this, this poor foolish elf, this wannabe bard. Okay. So so what does Trix failed cool look like, though? Just so I have something to play off of. Do you just sound, like, too casual? Like, oh, yes! Uh, yeah, I think it is so way many. too casual. So many every every season, you know, like, ten a year. All right. <laughs> okay. Also, like, Mate pops his head back out then. He's not hiding out. But, like, now there's a bar, there's food out, and it, like, I think the threat is, it's like, stupid, stupid. <laughs> also, this lets Glimmer know, like, Trick has a bird now. Yep, yep. And the bird thinks you're stupid. Yes. And then flaps out and, like, starts snacking on, like, the bar snack the bar by of you. peanuts or whatever. Yeah. Mabel swats at Mate. Good luck like, with that. What's this damn magpie doing in here again? Oh, don't don't I, don't worry about it. I'll be taking him away. He's with me. Yeah. Just put it put on him my dad. <laughs> so Glimmer is like, ah, perhaps I was a bit too hasty there. And Glimmer says, um, uh, do I learn a piece about like I don't know Glimmer's home fortress ooh. that they're not allowed to be at anymore? That's what you want? Yeah, sure. Because Trick doesn't know it was potentially Nalga. So so Glimmer will tell you that. Yeah, humans have tons of festivals because their Glimmer's assessment is that... Their lives are miserable and short? Kind of. 
Glimmer doesn't quite word it that way, but like, it's kind of like elves don't need to celebrate every single season passing, right? But the humans, they don't have much time. Hmm. And their lives are somewhat full of drudgery. Like, these cities that they have. So so this is how you learn a little bit about where Glimmer comes from. Okay. Because, like, essentially Glimmer is comparing this crowded, dirty human city with the glory that is, you know, you had a glimpse of it at Undumbin, but Undumbin is really just like a fortress. It's not like a full-blown dwarven yeah. stronghold. And so Glimmer bardically waxes eloquent Ooh, nice. about... Grand halls of the grand halls Malga. from which they come, and whether it's subconscious or deliberate or not, you you start to kind of feel like your heart beating and like the echo of the like the heartbeat of the of the land. You know, right. like there's so much more richness and vastness underground. The humans are just clinging to they're, the surface of the world. They're scratching at the surface. But where does everything that they need to live come from? It comes from the ground below. But the um, richness of life lies below. And Glamour is tapping their foot. You know, as they're talking. So at first you're just like, like I hear the heartbeat of the of the planet itself, and then of course you realize, oh, Glamour is tapping that cadence. But once again, like you're swept up in this, there is power in these words. Mm -hmm. So you have used your triumph to like learn some stuff about where Glamour comes from. Right. But if you wish to engage with Glamour on the topic of what are we doing, you can. Yes, particularly since Trick had the experience with Slater. Oh, <laughs> right. Have a box of stones. Glimmer yeah. will be like, yes, rocks are the most powerful thing. But like, you, you gave away a whole box of rocks? Do <laughs> you have any idea how valuable that is? <laughs> we got, I got a ruby and an emerald for it. Okay, uh, well, those are rocks as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, rocks for rocks. Two rocks for a box of rocks? Yeah, that's true. I think Trick well broached the topic of, like, I've been telling more stories. Like you said, like, stories with a point. But it's amazing sometimes what you can convince people is true. Like, we had a run-in with a local thug. They had stolen some things that didn't belong to them. We needed to get them back, but I bought them from him. Gave him this box of, you know, glittering baubles that that idiot found interesting. Rocks. Maybe an old screw. I tell you, that guy looked like glittering gold when I just told him it was valuable. I thought I would just distract him for a moment, but... Not the gift of the gab, you do. The what? The what? The gift of the gab. You made that up. We both did. I see what you did there. You're telling me the guy was not... It was not that he was daft. He didn't seem that way. When you gave him the box, he wasn't wrong to take it. It was what you said it was, when you said it was. Well, I said it was, and what it was, was what it ain't. But it was what he wanted to see. That just seems a little unreal. Because, you know... Making people feel a certain way, but making them see what is not there. How does that even work? Like, it works. Let's see. I'm going to explain this in a way that you will understand. I mean, in like, Glamour themselves might not have a full magical what, theory. What Glamour will say is that people are already inclined to believe what they want to believe, and that sometimes it just takes a forceful personality to push them over that line, but that it's a delicate operation. Yeah. And it's a skill that requires practice to hone, but you are right to feel a little uncomfortable about it 
because it could be used the wrong way. Yeah, I suppose. It's like uh, almost any skills like that. Learn to shoot a bow. Some people who do that are, you know, murderers. And Glimmer will add that for people such as yourselves, lingering in one place too long is a good way to get in trouble. Yeah, I get that feeling. That part of why you move around. I mean, also so you can reuse the same stories for new audiences. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, of course. (laughs) Very practical reason as well. No, for you, not for me. Also, climate, it's, you know, (laughs) it's cold. There's entertaining people, but you never want people to start questioning your technique. And so it's wise to move on before they start doing so. Yeah, that, that makes sense. How long Glimmer feels comfortable staying in a particular place depends on the audience and depends on the nature of what Glimmer is doing. But Glimmer will share with you that there was a reason they left Undunbin with you when they did. Your talk with Knutin was not completely mundane. Does Glimmer use that word? Mundane? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine. Glimmer is a seemingly learned person on this topic. Yeah. Glimmer might believe it is magic, but not Yeah, Glimmer is not, like, going to talk with you about all the streams of magic. But Glimmer knows Glimmer applied power there. Yeah. And different power than just conversation. Yeah. So, yeah, so that is what Glimmer says. That's a, a risky thing to do. And if they had stayed in view of Knutin, and Knutin had been reminded of, like, that evening and thought more about it, that's when this sort of power can start to unravel. Oh, yeah, no, I, I noticed that real, too. The uh, <clears throat> fellow who took uh, the box of rocks. <laughs> Emotions can rapidly oh, sing yeah. in the other direction. Yeah, he came back. He came back later. With friends. With, yeah, with and heavily armed friends. <laughs> uh, thankfully, we were, we were waiting for him. With our own heavily armed friends. Yes, with our more heavily armed friends. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Something to be cautious with, applying the right kind of place when need arises. And Glimmer is mainly talking here about things that manipulate people's perceptions and emotions. Right. But you've done other things that have enhanced ability and stuff like that. That's not what Glimmer is touching on here. Right. It's more the issue of the, should I feel bad because I did a Jedi mind trick? Right, because I manipulated someone. It's another tool. If you're lying to someone, that's... They could also get mad. Yes. But their swing of emotions there does not have necessarily the same force behind it. Yeah. It's kind of like when you release the bowstring from full draw Not a, versus uh... a tiny draw. Glimmer says, right? Yeah. Not an analogy <laughs> I expected from you. When you only Glimmer's... do a bagpipe starting from a little bit or a lot, <laughs> is that how it works, right? I was trying to use something you'd understand, even if it was something I didn't. I understand it twice as much now. Just do the double bow pull. <laughs> Just pull two bows up. No, the floor will certainly be open for you uh, very shortly. The crowd here is, you know, uh, pretty pretty hard to win over, but again, you'll manage. And at that point, the front door of the prime glass opens, and Alaric and Hapa walk in together mid-laugh of whatever amusing thing they were just saying to each other. Uh, he's like, hey, raise a glass! Or something that he made. <laughs> right. Another thing that he did wrong. <laughs> and he calls to Mabel to look under the bar that there's that package there. And she just like looks at it like, yep, there's a package! Hands it over to him. 
he hands it to you and it is like addressed in super like frilly writing like swirly of to the noble Thrandalil, care of Apollonia via the party glass. There's like a letter with a seal, like wax imprinted, right. and it's attached to a small package as well. There is also a bag of coins that was dropped off. So there was a little bit of a oh. bounty for Slater and Ava. Well, there we go. A hundred coins. For the bounty of the two rats. Okay, so you guys are all back at the bar now. But Alex does not get behind the counter because Alex is not working tonight. Yeah, he's done for the night. For, he had a night off and for who, know, who knows how long, huh? And Trick is here and he's talking with Glomer. Small world. Somewhat hushed conversation. Yes. I didn't know Glomer was here. Do you know Glomer? Oh, Glomer? Yeah. Yes, Glomer stays here now and then. Oh, I see the pendant, I think. Uh, yeah, that was one of the ones they dropped off. There are actually a few of them. Glimmer is pretty well traveled and has performed here before. I guess the stage is free now that you and Trick are leaving. So maybe I'll have somebody else to draw the crowd with. They seem very good. I've only seen them perform once, but they tried to give me a little bit of a lesson on storytelling. Did you perform? No, I just did a practice story. I don't think it went well. Do you want anything to drink? Maybe some of the tea. Oh, then we should go in the back. Tea is generally not served out from here. Not at this hour. <laughs> I like that. She picked the right thing. <laughs> so like Alec and Hepa come in, briefly stop at the bar. Yeah, like the pack. they get the package, hand the package over. Yeah. And then they walk past and then they like, go through the curtains into the back. Trick just clinks his glass up against glimmers. Enjoying your stay here, are you? I've stayed worse places. I haven't gotten attacked by a ghost here. Hence... The trickle <laughs> Safe Tuesday. You're yes. like, finally, somebody else that knows the, about the ghost. You believe some people just don't believe in ghosts. So you guys head into the kitchen, and Iggy is there and is like, so you're back at last, the hag's gonna leave. And Alex just like, nope, not here. But he's like moving around Iggy and like getting the kettle to make tea and stuff like that. And Iggy knows that he cannot like get anything further. He knows that mood. So Alric asks you if you want more of the chamomile or if there's another tea you want. Do for recommendation? Okay, so for some other tea. <laughs> yeah, and then he'll just, like, the tea is brewed, he hands you a mug, and he pours another mug for himself, and then he opens the door to his bedroom as the private place that there is left here right. to sit. Um, I've been in there. I've taken liberties with this room before. <laughs> Yeah, and he offers you the chair that's at the desk, and he sits on, like, the chest of okay. stuff in the room. And you guys continue chit-chatting about things. So he asks you, then, if... So clearly you you have magic training, but did you never try to make anything explode? Or, like, he, like, he had related to you, like, all these things he did, like, alchemically as a child, like, prank-wise. Oh. You know, essentially, like... What trouble did Hepa get into as a child? Oh, so much. Oh, okay. Mostly I think it was just not going to class. Ah, so truancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably more about not following the path that her mother wanted her to follow. You did blow up that one bush one time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she tells them about her magical accidents. There was a bush one time that I blew up. That wasn't just a try. I was just trying to do it for real. I wasn't. <laughs> Sometimes magic just doesn't go well. That was brambles that went poorly. 
yeah, that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. That was purely an accident. But I did find she tells him about the rune, the ice rune, and how it just like pretty much destroyed the, like their campsite where they were staying. It was Katchen was there. And then tells him about how she threw it at a thing and made the thing explode and stuff like that. Caused all these little blizzards. Yeah. I guess probably she just conveys that she didn't really try to get in trouble. I don't know if that's what he was conveying. Like, she wasn't really... Just, you know, you experiment with things, and sometimes they don't go well. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's a contrast to him. Like, he was a troublemaking child, and he was doing it deliberately. Yeah, she was... I think she was just kind of wanted to do her own thing and not be forced down the path that her mother... So maybe there's some similarities, but just... I'm not sure how aware she is of it, but that's what she would convey, just not Mm -hmm. being forced down the path. And, you know, there's a lot of school... And he's kind of like, no, I don't really know. <laughs> and <laughs> it takes really haven't had to go too much. And it, it takes, you know, it's very structured and sometimes it's good, but you know, you go really deep into stuff. You can't learn as much. Trick. Is there anything else you wish related I, to Glimmer? I don't think so. You know, we've caught up a little bit. Then we back to Undem, and I don't think Trick feels the need to like tell Glimmer like, oh yeah, I met my mom by the way. No, no, that's yeah. fine. I just, just wanted to make sure that, like, the bardic discussion... Nope, I think that's plenty of magical theory for Trick for one one evening. <laughs> that's all you could handle? It's got a limited capacity for, you know, wishes glimmer uh, well. Okay. Then that is the end of the night for you, Trick. How about you and Alaric drink your tea and you chit-chat a little further? Yeah. He will bid you good night, and he'll tell you that... He had a really nice afternoon with you, and yeah. he hopes that if you are ever coming through South Tower again, that you would please come by. What she'll say is she had a wonderful time, and um, she feels really comfortable around him. And she probably blushes when she says that, and she'll wish him good night. Okay. And she'll kiss Monachidi again, because she can. Because <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's probably going to blush a lot for that. Because he didn't stop you last Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He'll give you, like, a little hug when you kiss him on the cheek. Okay. All right. And then is off to bed for these elves. Yep. For a more, far more relaxing day. One would hope. Than the previous. And then... So no. I can still do medicine checks on myself at this point? You can do a medicine check on yourself, but it's always two purples. It's always harder. harder. If you do a medicine check on yourself, then... You are in your care, and you will heal. Yeah, maybe I should. I do have enough wounds, even though I'm going to go see Damal in the morning, but I am a healer. So, yeah, let me do a medicine check on myself. So, how many wounds do you have right now? Four. So, it's three purples. Do we have story points? Two. You have two story points. We have enough for maps. Okay. Are you saving it for maps? Or Or for if you have a thing? Sudden need for... Knowing somebody? Yeah. I'll save it for maps. If we're not going to use them for anything else, then... Oh, I succeed. Heba is shocked that she can actually put ice on this bruise. So I had three successes, two advantages. So, so three successes heals three wounds. Two advantages heals two strain, unless there's something else that you want to do with advantages. No, that's, I think that's good. So now I just have the one hit point that I'll heal. That was a good move. It sounds like it's going to be so difficult, but she's smart and good at it. <laughs> yeah, so you like go through your kit and you get the right, you like rub some ointment into the, the muscles that are still sore. From oh, having... peppermint, you mean? <laughs> and did either of you wish to use a special power? I mean, if you're saying I need to do that to have one of these uh, veterans show, show me the way to uh, 
battlefield. If you want, if you want a tour guide veteran who can not only take you to that battlefield but also tell you about Mal Ravenel's secret lair, sure. Then yes. That sounds fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> then tomorrow, Jedith will hike, someone who hike out with you guys and regale you with stories but, along the way. But someone who that evening was, you know, just disturbed by the memory of skeletons and but in the morning. Yes. He much enjoyed your previous stories. He uh, didn't feel comfortable approaching you that night. Yeah, that one uh, hit, hit and miss. Got a mighty dub to fix that a little bit. All right. In the morning, you guys pack up your stuff. You check out of the parting glass. Alric gives you 20 gold pieces. Oh, really? To cover money that you earned when you were talking your stories. The a, thing, a thing I do. Health disappeared. So you get that. And then he gives you each a bottle. He gives you a bottle of mead, which is a traditional drink of the manor. Oh, right. And he gives Hepa a bottle of blonde. Okay. That was the fermented whey beverage that Hepa really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She had a good time with it. I'll have to remember to bring him presents when I come back. (laughs) And then he takes your hand, Hepa, and he kisses your fingers, and he tells you goodbye. Goodbye, Ulrich. If you're ever near the forest. And he says maybe Adrian will be. Okay. All right, and next week we will hit the mall shop. That's right, we got to steal something from there? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get, I, if Glimmer's around, I should say goodbye to him or them. Glimmer will be downstairs, like, having breakfast while you're checking out and will exchange pleasantries with you. And uh, Yeah, it doesn't have to be role play, but... Yep. I think Glimmer sees the exchange of coins and... I was like, not bad, kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you guys can have ten experience for tonight. Not terribly much rolling tonight, but a bit of role playing. A lot, so. of, a lot of good rolling. No, I had a lot, you know, a lot of nice despairs. So all those despairs have worked out. You found out so much about Catchin. He makes artifacts. Yup. Trick will probably mention these things to everyone, but like, but it's not the most important thing on his mind. I know she doesn't know any of it, but oh my gosh. <laughs> It'll be like, oh yeah, stuff with hell. Yeah, apparently Keshin made her this like anklet thing. Oh yeah, it can make her look like someone else. Oh, it turns her into Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. Or Hella and Rachel are the same person. GM Jennifer here. I did a fair bit of research in preparation for the date in this episode. Since Hepa had shown interest in herbalism, alchemy, and alcohol, I decided to combine them. If this is the sort of thing you're interested in as well, I recommend the following book by Amy Stewart, The Drunken Botanist, The Plants That Create the World's Great Drinks. In the show notes, I also link to a lengthy article about milk punch from Cook's Illustrated and America's Test Kitchen. If this is of no interest to you at all, don't worry. Once they leave the parting glass and Alaric behind, our elves will spend much less time sampling alcoholic beverages. And now, a special treat from our bard. This is the story all about how my hand got chopped off, cut right down. So I'd like to take a moment while you're sitting right there to tell you how I moved to South Tower. In Western Weldon, born and raised, the alleyways where I spent most of my days. Chillin' out, basking, relaxin' all cool. I failed apothecary, but I ain't a fool. 
when a couple of gods who were watching us good caught us making trouble in the neighborhood. I lost one little limb and my mom got scared. Said you move into your Uncle Damal's in Tower. I whistled for a Darren, and when she came near, her beak was freshly bloody but smelled like beer. If anything I could say for this bird, I care. And I thought, yeah, let's go home to South Tower. I strolled up to Damal's about seven or eight, called out to the man, yo home, smell you later. Moved to the tavern, I was finally there to stand in my bar here in South Tower. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studio's Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.